Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. Today, my very special guest is Genevieve Ray, Genevieve Firepoint. Genevieve is a spoken word artist and poet from Bedfordshire in Britain, Great Britain to be exact. She's been published in 17 magazines and anthologies. She has worked in the theater as a director and a playwright for six years. Genevieve is currently working on her first book, which is due to be released later this year. I am overly, overly excited to introduce Genevieve Ray. Hello, Genevieve. Hello, Michael. Hi. And hi, everyone. Hello. I am so glad that you're with me. I'm so glad we've been able to make this connection and truly bring about an international, oh, I don't know. I'm just happy. I'm happy. I feel that. I feel that. And the same, I've had such a joyful adventure actually into us starting to communicate and the fact that we vibe anyway um is just so it feels like i'm already chatting to a friend and getting the chance to talk about all the things that we really really love so so thank you thank you so much for having me well let's begin this poetic journey genevieve what is poetry for me and i have thought about this very much it is the way that humans chronicle our emotions and expressions. I think that the explosion in the industry of online poetry and the amount of writers that I've seen become first time published is no mistake during particularly the pandemic. I think it is the way that we record our feelings and have done for history. The fact that across history, poetry and history of fed into each other you read some of the classic greek historians you read some of the classic arabic historians and their work is full of poetry and yet they're recording human activity human emotion human love it is the way we do that and always have every single person has had a variation of i really want to say this to my crush and put it in their diary somewhere it is one of the most natural human things you can do um it has deep significance i would love to know if our very early ancestors used it as a way to tell their children's stories at night i think it's something deeply natural to us for me it has been essential to finding myself and really caught me off guard if you had asked me back in the theatre days uh, so good almost uh, nine whole years ago of like work in between I never have told you I was a poet. It really generally surprised me, but now I see it as integral to my being. Integral to your being? That's such a strong statement. Tell me more. I, um, 
I have been the person, and it's only through the responses of the dearest friends that I've known across the way that go, I didn't know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote somebody I used to live with, who she said, you just kind of exploded, and I'm like, yeah, I think you got it right. Um, I, mm-hmm. I found my voice through poetry because, and for a bit of backstory for audience really, um, a lot of things happened very, very quickly. The pandemic, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, different bits and pieces. And I was seeing lots of responses and I realised that the things that people were expressing already didn't fit my own reality, not even internal reality, I mean external reality. And I found that poetry was the easiest way and quickest way to get the message I needed to say across. Could I do it in a page? Could I do it in two pages? I struggled writing novels and I'd got through doing a play text, but it took me a while. Um, I couldn't mm-hmm. do long form writing using rhyme, rhythm, songwriting and all the rest of it. I could say things that were essential and responding to really what was happening already in front of me and saying, whoa, 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 just <laughs> to be really direct. Whoa, 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 guys, this, I, I, know, I know what you're saying, but actually from experience of living through that, this is what, and on, on pretty much every segment of my identity at some point or another has been uh, either requested as submission work or alternatively has been a chance to say, hey, this is what my experience has been. I'm, I've used it as my journey through understanding my own uh, neurodiversity um, and learning really what I truly feel about things. So it has become like... I don't know if I can divorce myself from poetry. It would be a very long process if I did. (laughs) You know, usually I ask next, and I will ask it, why is poetry important? But I want to know more about the new person that emerged in Genevieve Efray. Tell me more. Sure. Um, This is why the potential title of the book will be Free Roaming Adult Woman. Uh, it was a journey. Yeah, that's that's going to be its name, and that's one of the pieces I will read to you today. Um, right. It was part of my journey into full independence and self reliance. Um, mm-hmm. So, realizing I could trust myself, realizing that people wanted to hear what I thought and um, would get my in jokes, or even uh, one of my dearest friends, Maria would uh, look into some of the statements that I'd made and want to do the research. Um, I would could connect to a poet in the middle of California and then another one in Bhutan. <laughs> and I would go, what's happening to my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this is over a sort of two to three year period. And mm-hmm. at the same time, people who I hadn't spoken to in over six years, not for any bad reason, lives move along, going, that really hit me. And um, I just didn't think for the longest time, and this is as true as I can ever tell it, I didn't think my voice had value. And nothing, Mm. if I were to walk back through my life, nothing had told me that was true beyond thinking that sitting back and listening more than talking was required to be a good person. And over time, through not even fighting back, I think, so much as fighting for my own advocacy in a lot of areas of my life, mm-hmm. I realised, no, actually, to talk out is to be a good person. Learn and listen as much, as which I've been taught since time, but also mm-hmm. try and reflect, because you never know who you might be helping without realising. Very much so. Um, and I believe in service. 
All right. You know, it's funny. We are kindred spirits because I, too, found my voice through the power of poetry late in life. I was in my early 30s at the time, and prior to that, of course, I was speaking, but something took on a, it took on a different resonance mm-hmm. when it came out in a poetic way. I don't know. It's just, it was just different. It was empowering. It was a, a different level of truth that I was willing to share at that point. I didn't care what anyone thought when I'm reading or writing a poem. So I do understand. I, that is exactly, Michael, well, you put it exactly as I would put it. That's exactly it. it something just clicked in a way yes. that I don't think anything else quite had served before. Yes. But, um, so, yeah, I 100% feel you in that. I really do. So in a general sense, Genevieve, why do you think poetry is important? I think it allows for people at any element of life, any social standing, cultural background, to have a voice. If my own experience was the only data I had to run off, it empowers. It is an essential empowerment. And because as well, you can make it as cryptic, as literary, as esoteric as you like, mm-hmm. you can be, you can directly just straight out speak to power. Um, or you can just sit there and write an ode uh, directly to somebody you don't agree with from 10,000 years before you. It doesn't really matter. It, mm-hmm. as an art form, is one of the most flexible. Um, and mm-hmm. in my own time, um, I've played with it as much as possible. It, it's like Lego bricks. I can put this word here and make a joke there, and maybe no one will get it, but who cares? So many other art forms uh, require you to be much more collaborative, which is absolutely mm-hmm. fine and actually a really mm-hmm. good thing. Um, right. So many other art forms have a lot of uh, rules and almost like terms and conditions to account as it. There, I have enjoyed particularly being uh, one of the senior administrators at Poetry UK saying, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get a contract anywhere that said that's what poetry was. Yes, mm-hmm. there are smart guidelines, but they also um, change to do with region and era. And uh, it's, it's so essential that it forever is a fluid form because uh, writers speak to each other. Um, and it's one of my favorite things about the community is how much they do talk to each other and have conversations within poems. And you'll go, I've been in that room. I know what that's about. Yes. <laughs> it's like yes. a little mystery. Um, and go for it, please. No, I, I just want to expand on that and ask you this question before we continue. Mm-hmm. Why are you also known as Genevieve Firepoint? That was uh, interesting to me. I'm so glad you asked this because I wondered if you <laughs> might. Um, it's actually an in-joke. Um, it's not going to be true. Uh, so um, I will give you the quick metaphor. It's been true since I was a teenager and then how it came back, which I think life is very circular sometimes and things that really have meaning do tend to return at the least expected moment. Uh, when I was a kid and I used to daydream um, and uh, it's one of the ways, because I wasn't very, ever very good at going to sleep, so I used to daydream and tell myself stories in hopes that I would actually fall asleep. got better over time. Um, mm-hmm. This in, emergent image always came up of this phoenix, this phoenix concept, which was uh, that I would blow out all my energy and 
anyone who knows me, including yourself at this point, uh, knows <laughs> that I, I give and I, and I love and I share. And it's very expansive, you know, to have Jen's love in your area is probably quite a lot. So there's intensity to it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's big fire energy. But I wanted to do that. And I had this daydream when I was, used to be a, really quite young that I would flow into space and just give as much as I could give. Um, and then it would bang. Um, and as the Phoenix cycle, I'd restart again friends would mention it back when I was a teen um Mm -hmm. but I then started using that for being the age that I am all the MSN tags and everything was always phoenixes my little picture was phoenixes phoenixes (laughs) the rhythm and then I left it for a while and then I started performing on zoom and instagram and other places and people were like oh fire 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 and I was like oh (laughs) it's come back and I thought you know what I, this hasn't come without my, because I wasn't referring myself to myself like that um, for a very long time in the start. I was like, mm-hmm. look, people are saying this to me with no knowledge that in my head this has been one of my metaphors. Then it must have meaning. And so I decided to embrace it. Wow. Um, I love things that come through if the universe is speaking. Yes. without any connection like when someone notices something about you that you've not said a word to them about that for me is like life poetry if you will um so yeah it came it came back around after i'd actually left it behind <laughs> and i thought oh. right there's a reason this is here wow so you sharing that it was the p- pandemic that helped <laughs> that fire to create in a different kind of way am i correct and- a hundred percent. I'd actually stopped making formerly theatre and moved out of London before pandemic happened, but it was actually quite a small window between. And looking back now, it's quite easy to create a kind of, oh, there's a synchronicity there. I wasn't mm-hmm. that at the time, different circumstances. But like everybody, when we were all locked down, we didn't know what was going to yes. happen. I just started to write and poetry was the voice that came out. Um, so yeah well speaking of the voice that came out please share a poem I am going to give you free roaming adult woman so um, a little bit about this it's once again jokes there's a lot of jokes in my poetry Uh, Mm -hmm. as a general sort of uh, point there have been a lot of people who were generally surprised by my uh, circumstances in life uh, you know how my current marital status is and wanted to dig into a lot of things about me and then Mm -hmm. uh, tell me who I was and I did not like that Uh, so I thought I'd write a refrain um, that they should enjoy to tell them who I am for I am a free roaming adult woman and here we go blood test booking aubergine cooking meeting leading potato peeling off the leash hands to the ceiling I am a free roaming adult woman mortgage managing calendar haggling boss creating boss commanding love affilia curly girl de rigor I am a free roaming adult woman Flouncy pink gingham, one bedroom kingdom, over talk the walk, walk talk the kingdom, up to the moonlight board of the hay babies. I am a free roaming adult woman, grateful for the side looks, growing to understand the sadness, paying back in lessons, becoming hard in the madness, future completely open door, Jane Doe to the chances. I am a free roaming adult woman. Try rap because it's tough, writing new diamonds in the rough, falling in love with the gaps between the laser-guided stanzas, lifting my femme, my funk, 
masculinity as it hammers. I am a free-roaming adult woman. I'm free-forming. Struggle to get up in the morning. Chat your ear off if you let me. In jokes about Maya Angelou lines. If you get me. Free-flowing, free-spirited, 5G-roaming, grown-up woman. And that's all she wrote. Done. Oh, <laughs> you've got to share that again. You know how I am. <laughs> you know, I was just settling in. <laughs> Please. Oh, share uh, yeah. it one more time. All right. I, I love that. I, I, you know what? It's one of those things a bit like when you find gears in your car. It might go yes. faster. It might go slower. We'll see. That's all right. <laughs> it changes That's all right. every time. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll go. We'll go. I um, wasn't so, ready. I wasn't ready for that. Go ahead. Share it again. Okay. Right. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, so free roaming adult woman. Blood test booking, aubergine cooking, meeting leading, potato peeling, off the leash, hands to the ceiling. I am a free-roaming adult woman. Mortgage managing, calendar haggling, boss creating, boss commanding, love affilia, curly girl de riga. I am a free-roaming adult woman. Flouncy pink gingham, one-bedroom kingdom, over-talk the walk, walk-talk the trading, up for the moonlight, bored of the hay babies. I am a free-roaming adult woman. Grateful for the side looks, growing to understand the sadness, paying back in the lessons, becoming hard in the madness, future completely open door, gendo to the chances. I'm a free-roaming adult woman, trying rap because it's tough, writing new diamonds in the rough, falling in love with the gaps between the laser-guided stanzas, liking my femme, my funk, masculinity as it hammers. I am a free-roaming adult woman. I'm free-forming. Struggle to get up in the morning. Chat your ear off if you let me. In jokes about Maya Angelou lines, if you get me. Free-flowing, free-spirited, 5G-roaming, grown-up woman. Done. Oh, 5G-roaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why, I need to... <laughs> That's why I need to hear it again. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. It, I love doing it. It's it's one of the favorite favorite things I've ever written because it is the truth. Um, okay. I've had a lot of people talk at me about what my identity as a woman is for a place right. of lack. Yet I feel so full um, <laughs> and enjoying every moment I get to grow a little more. Um, so yeah, it's it's a celebration of that really. Now, do you come from a literary background? Um, yeah, I think in the, see, that's an interesting question itself. Uh, yeah, in a way, um, I used to try and work out if I could bounce on my parents' bed to try and grab at the books my dad had at the top of their bed. Um, and books from mum, they've, uh, we are a bookie household, or I've been a bookie household, and we've got some older pieces from older family. Uh, obviously, I lent on the arts because I didn't have to worry about rules too much and mm -hmm. got into theatre very early. Um, and I studied it as my bachelor's degree, um, but oh, wow. yeah, and it was going uh, going to Goldsmiths, uh, which is a famed uh, university in London, 
Uh, where the floor is a checkerboard, which tells you everything you need to know about the space. <laughs> it's very free. It's a bit like fame, but um, right. a little bit more edgy. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, it's, a, it's a cool place. It's a cool place. Um, but yeah, uh, so I guess by choice. Um, but um, yeah, I I have, I have loads of very bad literary jokes. They're almost like dad jokes for, for literature. I'm always All like, right. I'm, I'm expecting people to hear me and groan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, please tell me then about an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power. I see. I loved this. Um, as a question because I thought about it, it's like there's multiple interpretations of how you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like yourself, I came to the form late. So yes. uh, anything that um, would be early would be like, it was four years ago. Um, okay. But, okay. I you, but, but I know what, I want to share something um, about, um, this was kind of partly on my dad's suggestion actually. Um, I want to share something about uh, when I realized that the poetic language was, um, I fell in love uh, literary crush with William Blake very early. Um, the Tiger is almost biblical for me, I think. Um, I can come back to that poem again and again and again. And I want to tell you a little story which I think you'll like. Um, yes. So, you know, uh, good old book exchanges that mm-hmm. you get across the uh, little sort of mini libraries you can get outside of places and stuff. Um, one time I was on the London Tube, um, which can be a very mixed space as it is, and somebody had left a copy of a translated uh, meditation work uh, for um, med- uh, that was really, really beautiful. And I thought, oh, they've left that behind. They might have forgotten it, but the way they set it, it felt like they would literally leave it behind for the next person. And I thought, well, I can't just um, keep it. I need to give something away. So I had a copy of the Tate, which is a gallery in London, um, an illustrated version of William Blake's collected poems, uh, Songs of Innocence Experience, which I loved like I would love a child. And I was like, if I'm going to give something away, I'm giving this. And I was like, I hope if I leave that behind, that rhythm will keep going, that someone will leave a book and someone will leave a book and someone will leave a book and someone will leave a book. Um, So I hope whoever actually picked it up, and I'm sure someone must have really enjoyed it, but the tiger had so much in just singular lines. He's talking about the Industrial Revolution. He's talking about the fearfulness of an animal. He's talking about fire. He's talking about what's happening with London and the changes and the way that poverty affects people. All with the metaphor of a creature he may never have seen. And I know what a tiger looks like. But his tiger is like a machine. And now I sound like I'm writing a poem. I'm not. (laughs) And it did. It just blew blew me out of the water. And I thought... And I had, at the time in which I was really getting into him, which I must have been about 15, 16, I -hmm. had no idea how much that would stay with me. And I think the tiger probably reappears in my work every four pieces. I'll make a joke or a reference to it. I can't help it. It just, there's something, um, I'm so tempted to see if I can find a line just for a second. Um, mm-hmm. There's something so unapologetic about its writing, and it has stayed with me. Yeah, here we go. Um, in what distant deep or oh, skies burnt thy fire of thine eyes? On what wings dare he by a what the hand 
dare seize the fire. Um, fire again, I guess. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. It, it just, in every way, drew me. And at the time in which I was into it, that inspired more towards theatre. But on mm-hmm. reflection, I think that was an early indicator of what I would believe poetry was. Let's do something different. Are you ready? Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I found the tiger online just now. Ooh. And what I'd like us to do, mm-hmm. I'll take a verse, you take a verse. I'll take a verse, you take a verse. How does that sound? That is the coolest thing. Yes. Let me just get it from um, Poetry Foundation. Yeah, right. let's go. All right. All right. Now, this is my first time reading it, so <laughs> you have to bear with me. But this is something hmm, I want to do this. Okay, The Tiger by William Blake. Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forest of the night, what immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? In what distant deeps or skies burnt the fire of thine eyes? On what wings dare he aspire? What the hand dare seize the fire? And what shoulder and what art could twist the sinews of thy heart? And when thy heart began to beat, what dread hand and what dread feet? And what the hammer, what the chain, in the furnace was thy brain? What the anvil, what dread grasp, dare its deadly terrors clasp? When the stars threw down their spears and watered heaven with their tears, did he smile his work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? Tiger, tiger, burning bright, in the forests of the night, what immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> well, I aim to please. <laughs> hey, there we go. All right, all right. I like that. All right. <laughs> I'll have cool. to read more about William Blake. <laughs> and it states here that that was written in 1794 or, or yeah. in an illuminated manuscript in 1794. Wow. Songs of Experience. That's it. it. And what I love about his story, the more I learned it, because uh, we got to study it in school when I was a little bit old, uh, a little bit older, is mm-hmm. he did his own typesetting. So he literally had to sit there, put blocks together and press them down. And he painted everything. His little books, if you can get a copy of it, are gorgeous. Oh, wow. They're really beautiful because he did everything, end-to-end publishing. Well, let me ask you a question, Genevieve. And it sounds like you go by Jen. Am I correct? Correct. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm listening. Is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? What have you found? Oh, this, I, I must admit, this is my favorite question. Um, because <laughs> I truly believe there is no artist in the world, I'm going to get spicy now, there's no artist in the world who will not tell on themselves, particularly in their poetry, because there, there is, as I said from earlier, there's no collaboration necessarily. There can be, and there's plenty of artists collaborate quite a lot on poems but there doesn't need to be um their view of the world their perception it doesn't even have to be as conscious of that will come out what words you use what pictures what colors your expression of blue and my expression of blue might tell us both how our eyes work so even if you didn't want to put a single bit of your identity by purely writing a single line you tell on yourself (laughs) and everything else comes 
it can create a wall and I know a few different artists who have a whole artist persona some that are and he'll know when I say this who I'm referring to who are like a whole universe on themselves with multifaceted planets and a, and a whole sort of serialization and that is a different human to the human who you can chat to on the telephone um, okay. but even then that is that is their visionary world um, so in creating a wall what does that persona need to do um, I've questioned how much Jen the fire poet is me and how mm -hmm. much is the theatrical trained uh, literary reading person that's always been there and slowly but surely um, the two have met between and not much of what I write these days has a wall they're, they're, it's mostly kind of Ah, it's been one of those kind of days, right? That's right. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, different people have different things. But I, I do. I, I think it is impossible for your true self not to appear a little bit just because you will tell us what your experiential world looks like by the language you use. All right. All right. Please share a poem. Absolutely. Um, I see, now after saying that, I'm tempted to do big me. But I think what I'll hit... <sighs> Especially since you, uh, we shared together um, with uh, the tiger. Let me share uh, the poem that is a story about how I started truly putting words together. This is way before mm -hmm. I knew I was a poet. And it's called Four Eulogies. A line asked all the time, what was your first poem? A truth reflected. A truth accepted. It was a eulogy. Four eulogies, for songs about the lost. My writing career has been encouraged by offering catharsis where words are all we've got. Four eulogies, for songs for the lost. Two were for my family, two were for my identity, the sense of family and ethnicity, ancestors and who we are. Four eulogies, for songs for the lost, two requested by my kin, too drawn out from the world, needing and keening and trying to understand. For eulogies, for songs for the lost, hours bent in research trying to ensure the notes were in key and the truths were met with love. For eulogies, for songs for the lost, too written before a title, too written after a naming, before I knew I was a poet, just a sad person with very pretty words for eulogies, for songs for the lost, large feelings and big sensations are still what draws the pen, not a need to be heard or creative, wails to the walls of existence, for eulogies, for songs for the lost, finding the right story in some form of remembrance, move towards literary deep dives and teaching art to others, for eulogies, for songs for the lost, one day it shall be mine. Half etched into stone and half spoken in rhyme, I welcome the words of those I love so dearly and whoever feels the deep sorrow of loss. And done. Wow. Jim, does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? Oh, wow. <laughs> no, that is a... Yes, it has. Um, I rarely write to heartbreak or if I were to create a war I rarely write to heartbreak I rarely write to uh, 
uh, eros-based love. I, I believe in the five Greek uh, loves. Um, I'm much for philia and storge and community and and uh, brotherhood and sisterhood and everything else. Um, but uh, when I do, I will uh, emotionally bleed on a page. I think because I'm so, yeah, those moments are so conscientious. I try and hide it, and then I do create a wall. Um, but yeah, um, I have actively and for eulogies is true that includes uh when i was starting to truly write and share it out to the world and people were reacting going oh i didn't have no idea you felt this way and da, da, da. um i did pinprick my own heart to give myself ink um as i've grown my experience it happens less but every now and again i do get shocked um go for it no so they if you think about the purpose of the eulogies poem, tell me more about that and as it relates to hurt. Um, so uh, the poem is completely true. I, one of the first times I ever wrote a poem was because a, I had a request from a family member to write a little something and poetry made the most sense way before I thought I was any good at it or I even knew that that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I spent goodness gracious I must have spent five hours collating as much information as I could about this person who I had my own expressions of but I realized that really I wasn't talking to my own feelings or talking to the um, people corrugated together mm-hmm. so I actively got into uh, drama uh, student research mode and went so <laughs> deep right. uh, got you know I interviewed um, and then I allowed my own feelings to seep in as well However, the two written for an identity uh, linked to the loss of people, uh, big tragedies that happened within the pandemic period, um, I just allowed myself to feel and ask uh, if this was me that day, if this was somebody I loved that day, how Mm. would I commemorate? And grief was one of them, and it literally is just called grief. And it just was a, if I could take this away from you, if I had the power in my pen to do so, how would I say it? How would I understand? How would I tell you, the person who is missing somebody, Mm -hmm. that I am willing to sit down and listen and let you tell me the stories of them as a now ancestor? Um, And yeah, I think it did. It made, it, it, it was a deeply emotional thing because I tried to dig into my humanity um, and my empathy. So in terms of your work, emotions play a major role, all right? Yes. Yeah, I would say that's true. Do you think that someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Ooh. Uh, hmm. That's interesting because also it would be at the intensity that they would say they feel themselves. I think absolutely. I would wonder, and I, I think I'd put it as a question and I, I'd, I'd be that philosophically interested. I would wonder how deeply they could connect to their own work if they allow some emotion to come in. The work that I've felt the most connected to across the community has often been somebody really expressing something that they didn't agree with, uh, weren't sure about, trying to understand. There's another artist who, who does philosophical deep dives whenever she writes um, mm-hmm. and just allows for that. I, I would say it's not impossible at all. I would question what would happen if one chose to. And 
it may be that it doesn't need to do that for that person. It could purely be reflection. It could be their way of uh, talking through philosophy. It could be their way of actioning themselves to do some good in the world before they, uh, you know, write about it and then they do. Um, but my experience and the amount of people I've had the pleasure of talking to about mm -hmm. how their creative process works, it's been a rarity to hear it. If that, it sounds very diplomatic, but <laughs> but it's true. Like I, I I I I'm allowing for the fact it might happen. I've 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 been yet to really see it that way. I think that's the best way to put it. Now this is potentially a question I should have asked earlier. When you think mm -hmm. about your body of work, what are some of the predominant themes? It sounds like dealing with emotions is one of them. What are some of the other mm -hmm. predominant themes? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, I write odes to the uh, sort of uh, five types of um, love poetry and love ideas that came from the ancient Greeks because that was something that was very kind of seeded into my early English education. Um, mm -hmm. Be, you know, the idea of community, the idea of uh, person to person, the idea of, uh, yeah, romantic love, um, love to the planet, love all those kind of things. And that comes up without consciousness. I would look back and go, okay, that would go in that box and that would go in that box. Um, I write in protest. I, I mm -hmm. really do. As I said, for you, is a good example, actually, of what I mean by that. I write to the reality that affects the people. Um, okay. that those things are happening to rather than purely to just rage against the machine much more here if you lack the reader in this case lack the example of a person with which this affects let me introduce them by telling their story mm -hmm. and my most story driven work is often actually protest work even though I don't think it reads like that to other people mm -hmm. um, it's a way of saying person exists in reality they are somebody who's affected by these things or they're somebody who loses out in this game or they're you know and i'll kind of pop it there really um i tr i believe education is best shared um one of my joys is this year i start to get to teach poetry in a much wider way and i can't wait um and all right my i get to yeah i get to start seeding in some of my philosophy on this and i think poetry um poetry study particularly which is what we're doing um is about sharing and almost kind of like we did with the tiger hands are handing over to people and saying hey look you you're now you're a writer off you go um and so to encourage that in people and it has been one of my biggest blessings in the last three years amount of people who said they started to pick up a pen through my sharing i i, I nothing in the world it means more to me than that truly it, wow. it, i, I it does. I it that has that has pricked tears. I must admit, when people have told me that, I've, they've luckily they've done it in DMs, so they can't see what I'm reacting like. <laughs> I, I am a big girl's blouse, um, <laughs> but I am. It always makes me cry when someone says that. But to be told, yeah, um, it is. I if it encourages someone to tell their story too, I have done my job. I have done my job. If if I have a mission, I don't know if I do, um, oh, but right. yeah. Please share another piece. All right. Absolutely. I think I will go with doubts. Uh, so this piece has been everywhere. Um, it got picked <laughs> up uh, by free magazines. Um, wow. Telling me first. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. it was, I was very surprised. Um, and it was, it was, I was having a legitimate moment with the devil of doubt. And I just sat there and I wrote it down. Uh, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Doubts. 
The darkening of winter whispers into the ear of harvest children, and I am consumed with the spectre of doubt. He is a fine gentleman, double-breasted coat with silk lapels and a sneer of contempt enough to cut creases into my forehead. Painstakingly I duet with the commonality, his wife's imposter syndrome claps joyfully from the side seats. He'll pick her up when he's ready. The siren of anxiety sings beautifully into a carbon microphone, her voice extended and tinny by the embrace of old technology, for she is the spirit that has grown old. Swept up in a waltz of worries, progression has been swift and sudden. Now it is a dull throb at my heels and I feel the ache of waiting, the shame of nothing to report. His smirk is delicious, easy to fall prey to his wishes, as if I stop turning, the stage is his, so I write for the sake of thoughtfulness, and in turn change he leads. His bewilderment is delightful, for by ignoring fate and connecting to the internal fire that burns inside of me, a whole piece was written to spite him, and I walk from the ballroom in victory. Done. Wow. Do you know where a poem is going when you start it? Very rarely I have the biggest envy for anyone who can actually organize themselves. <laughs> I allow the muse to talk and she will say whatever she, the phoenix inside of me will say whatever she's feeling. Um, I, I made a joke recently, which I'm very pleased to have put on Facebook, where I said, um, to ensure an authenticity, I leave at least eight typos in every poem so you know it's me. And also because I can't write on my phone. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I really the truth um yeah i i i allow the freedom i will often earmark uh each stanza as i go especially if i'm going to put refrains in so i don't lose the track because some of them i do want to feel kind of like a song and etc and um one of my favorite things that i've done is uh collaborate with my cousin um he's a brilliant music uh, producer and um I almost sometimes feel like I'm putting an earmark for him to go, I feel like that's going to be a piccolo. <laughs> but um, when I start a piece, and that's a very good example, I said I was really feeling very bad about myself at the moment I wrote that. And I was like, okay, well, let's make an opera then <laughs> and make a piece that kind of really goes as deep as possible. Why am I feeling bad? What's going on in my head? Um, is this even reasonable? Okay, let's go for it. Um, those kind of pieces just happen. They just happen. All right. So how do you know when the poem is done? If the muse is allowed to <laughs> free roam, how do you know <laughs> when the poem is done? <laughs> I appreciate the hashtag. All right. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> very, very nice. Um, yeah, uh, the, the ultimate question. Um, are they, what do they say? No, um, no artist ever finished. It is only ever abandoned. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, I do. I, I call it the free. Po uh, I, I do have a methodology for this. Actually, I call it the free um, pass. Uh, point pass or the free pass edit uh the first time around i am writing semi-subconsciously and then suddenly it'll just kind of come to its natural end point and i will look at it and go wow i don't know how to spell pathetic apparently uh, let's start that again um, i always love it when anyone says hey i think you've got a typo there like thank you i missed that one um <laughs> so i will uh, tend to dig into it um the second time around and also 
at that point understanding it outside of myself I'm looking at it from the perspective of a reader what am I telling them do I agree with myself and on the third time round, it's like okay and now I might have to read this out loud or now I might need to put this in something like a magazine or whatever will it pass edit um, I'm quite stringent myself um, and through that I re-understand the piece I understand where the emotions are I almost rehearse in the second pass what it will actually sound like because I want most of my work to be something people can read out loud and actually people have told me for their own particular types of health needs and bits and pieces reading out poetry is easier for them or hearing it orally so I'm conscious of that because I want my work to be accessible um, so the true answer is if I am at a point where I'm willing to put myself through the three point process and I am my imposter syndrome wife character, she's harsh. Uh, she's very, very harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, uh, I would say at that point, it's ready to do what it's going to do next. Um, and that's when it can be handed over, if not abandoned. <laughs> all right. All right. Please share another piece. No problem. Uh, and it's literally right after it in the document, I will do the muse will not lift, which is my excuse for being lazy on a Sunday. Um, but I do like the speech. <laughs> Sun- <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> As I said, bad jokes all the way through. Um, so, the muse will not lift. Sunday will begin whence this poem ends. Lavadon hypnosis has drawn in by torrential rain. It's the song to the pavement. Both woke her and it cradled her in equal rhythmic comfort, counting our changes the over-enthusiastic rectangle that has become our alarm, our calendar, our letters, our measures, our demon, maybe our Bible. It hummed every hour on the dot with partners from various continents resuming project making, her ASD adult mind craved order. The muse shall not waken. Her curls are filled with delicious daydreams, a heartbeat that pulses for one while she recounts her shopping list. The muse will not rouse yet. She is a day ahead mentally, opening the file boxes of her emails, aware of a busy week ahead. The muse turns slowly. The crumpled curls have become diagonal. Mental health work has taught her nothing worthwhile is ever rushed. Panic is for the underprepared. Her hands still smart from a childhood of being told to slow down. Sunday is opening for her. Sunday can start now. And done. You know, all great writers have great writing influences. You talked about William Blake as potentially being an influence. Who are some of your other influences in terms of writing? Oh, and what makes uh, them great in your eyes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, amazing. Um, Mayor Angelou, as the joke that's in Free, For, uh, Free Roaming Adult Woman, uh, mm-hmm. it, it is, uh, that poem has references to Phenomenal Woman and very deliberately. Um, when I read um, Why the Bird, uh, Cage Bird Sings, yes. I was blown away by how she could create a universe and a line. She, uh, the one that stays in my memory forever, and I can't directly quote it, but I can paraphrase it. Mm-hmm. She is with her new baby, and she is trying to work out how to sleep so that she doesn't lean on her little child. And her mum basically says to her, you'll know 
you'll be okay. And I, I'm madly in love with any of her poetry, any of her writing, where she talks about her family and the variances between them, because she treats all of them like legends. Uh, one of my favourite pieces from her is, a, it, I don't think actually directly about her mother, but a mother figure going to uh, speak to her local council offices, I believe it is, and the way that she moves through space that says, even however people view me, I shall be in this space. I do not care what you think of me. And I, I, it, it hypnotised me. It hypnotised mm-hmm. me the way she wrote. And I, 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 I think I almost hugged the book. I loved it so much. Um, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Edgar Allan Poe. Um, okay. I should write him a letter. <laughs> I have at least two poems that are somewhat references to him. Um, I haven't actually included them in this section. Um, but it, I think his mystery writing and his lesser-known pieces, though The Raven is deep love of mine and I love to hear it recited particularly by the Simpsons um, it's um, it draws me in I'm not as in love with his poetry as I'm his short stories and I remember reading a massive book of it but there he working through his collections and I think he's somebody you have to read several pieces at once to truly feel him I don't think you capture it in singular it's like tasting various wine years from a vineyard Ah, that was the 1992, oh, that's the 72, blended across. Um, I always feel like that. And whenever I put wine references, I feel like I'm talking about Edgar Allan Poe <laughs> in some way. <laughs> um, and this may be incredibly spicy for the UK audience, but I am more of a Marlowe fan than I am Shakespeare, but I will always love Shakespeare. I think he writes character better than most people, and he truly gives every single character a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, his sonnets. I once again have a bit mixed relationship. I love some, so not so big fond of others. But um, Marlowe is the most dangerous storyteller in the world. <laughs> Sometimes Whoa. I'm like, I'm not meant to like this character. Why do I like this character? Everyone here is really, mm-hmm. really mixed. But I do. Uh, Dr. Faustus was one of the first things I had to read for my degree. And sideswept me immediately um i wanted at one point to write a variant play of a faustian bargain um in reference to him and never quite get it to where i need to but it's a dream i've put in my back pocket um maybe one day maybe one day now your background in theater Mm. seems to come into play a lot in terms of the way that you enunciate words in terms of the emphasis you place on words what is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? Ah, I find that fascinating. Um, I am a dramatic person. Okay. <laughs> it is all not, right. All right. It, 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 it's probably if you went into my DNA. I picked that up. I picked the, that up. Yeah, I mean, you might have noticed. It's, it's just like, <laughs> I, 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 I wonder if I'm less of came into theatre from the point of passion so much as theatre might have been the only place that could contain me for a while um, but truly I um, think it's that to share each other's universes and okay. I'll, I'll tie it to the personal voice in a minute to share each other's universes um, we only have so many tools you know we're all living our own uh, thing uh, our own sort of life our own experiences um, so much communication is clumsy and not in a bad way, but more of a fact of, you know, how many times have you said something and regretted it and winced and gone, I meant it that 
way, but I didn't mean to say it this way. I was in that motion and you were in that motion and we had two different plays running at the same time. Um, studying theatre, and it's part of the reason I chose to go to Goldsmiths, was to learn as much as possible about how people communicate and why this philosophy, the history, the psychology, and it's exactly what I gained for my degree. I'm so happy for it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's imbued in my writing voice is if the person never heard me speak, would they still see the emotions I'm trying to say? Do I welcome them into this space? Have I made it accessible? There was a point where, particularly at the start of the pandemic writing part of my career, where I was terrified that I had made my language impossible. Um, I was being too clever. I was being too quick. I was trying to put too many references and actually alienating the people I wanted to speak to most. And over time, I learned to let that go. Um, and one of my, um, I say I have four poetry fathers. I've had four fantastic male mentors who've really given me a lot of their time, sort of mm -hmm. taught me to just let it go and allow the audience to put whatever interpretation, let them run their play. And as my writing has changed, I have noticed the importance of state it, clear, put the pictures and let the person project their own image onto it. Um, what happens when my own spoken voice comes back out is I can put those pauses, I can play, I can throw that joke in, I can enjoy the great Shakespearean training that I have had. Um, but most of all, I am truly just doing it to represent what's on the page and to further welcoming uh, the audience into the experience. I want to give, put on a good show. Um, mm. It's very important to me because I think anyone who's willing to spare their time for art, and we all are running around like busy bees at any one moment, is mm -hmm. investing in me in one form or another. So I will do my greatest for them. Now, you are a spoken word poet, all right? Mm -hmm. What exactly does that mean? It means different things to different people. So what does it mean to you to be a spoken word artist, poet? As I said, it's that transferal. It's taking what is on the page and adding in the drama that may not be apparent. It's putting mm -hmm. character voices back in. I, I wish I was better at doing accents, I'm not going to lie. Uh, there's many times right. where I'm like, <laughs> I would love to make that character have this voice or this voice. Not every single voice that appears in my writing is me or spoken in my head in my voice, even if that's how people may read it when they're reading it on the page. Um, it is my chance to put the drama in. People in the moment, it's taking it closer to theatre. And for me, uh, since starting to think about it, spoken mm -hmm. word seems like the middle sister to the literary page and the literary stage in a weird sort of thing. And bearing in mind the history of writing, it's closer to how poetry began. You know, it was in song form, it was in festivals, it was uh, on stages, it was the griots and the bards traveling across their different areas and countries. It, it is the surprisingly older sister, but in the literary canon that we've all been trained in or learned through osmosis, it's treated as a middle sister, but actually I think it may be something a bit older. So to do be a spoken word artist is weirdly, as I said kind of earlier, really me coming back full circle. It's bringing the theatre back into the writing. Um, it's me trying to translate the emotions that first came with the work back out to the people listening. Now, as we both know, so much has happened in this world, or is happening in this world, 
as I've and I state every time I do this program, there's the good, the bad, the ugly, mm. as well as the indifferent. What do you view as being the role of a poet in modern day society? It is essential. We are a, a, mo- a emotion-led or experiential-led journalist. That is what we are, the, and, 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 and community journalism at that. For every single person who dedicates time to writing and sharing their experiences in the literary form, they are adding to the canon. Even if they never release it, it disappears into people's diaries and of the stories I've been told. People saying, oh, I found my dad's writing, and I was wondering if I could do something with this, which is proof. It is a form of um, ancestry it's a form of keeping a record of the world that isn't purely date focused time focused look at this pretty golden queen with this particular prince's face on it's life and experiences and doing history is one of my favorite a-levels it is one of our secondary sources what did people think at the time let's look at their poetry let's look at their diaries it will always have purpose regardless if we decide it doesn't because we use it when we're looking at our ancestry we use it when we're looking at our history songs that we love what we what we the stories we tell our children how many times do they rhyme it has relevance regardless of how community treats it i hope as time goes on we learn to give it the space in our society it already encourages because it has no expectation it has no uh invitation clause anyone can do it anyone can choose to do it and use whatever language they speak um i forgot to mention uh earlier mm-hmm. when you said about uh our writers ramona lofton who is uh um is sapphire as in uh the writer of push which is what the uh, yes. movie precious comes from yeah yes she's mm-hmm. another person and i love in that book how um precious learns how to write and that is fed into the book and all her different thinking um those are the kind of writers i have to adore um that's why it's essential because i don't think we can remove it even if we wanted to well let even me if ask we this question to. let me ask this question okay we <laughs> know the world we live in and all those things are we comp- do we are we compelled to write about what's happening in the world, or can we just write about rocks? Oh, 100%. Um, once again, it's it's the beauty of human difference. If whatever you want to write about, it's possible. Um, it, no, it doesn't, it doesn't need to always be grand statements and performers about what it is to be a human. It can mm-hmm. purely be, I love this green stamp, but why do you love it mm. what reminds you of it oh your grandfather gave it to you and it was one of the last memories you have of him that tells you something about humans oh yes. so we use stamps what are stamps for well um we use them at this time to get one piece of data to another person and they and sometimes there would be 22 weeks between depending which country they're in and that's what the stamps for sometimes it costs this okay so now i know how uh ideas traveled before certain ideas could travel i know how much it cost when it was a penny and five buttons they in our way of writing and i've realized something i'm much more passionate about than i thought i was um 
in our way of writing and the way we choose to write or whatever we choose to write, as I said, we inform about what we know. Even when we're wrong, even when we may be slightly misinformed, when we, may, when we have a take which we may not have considered that carefully, we're telling people in as soon as we ink it down, our perception, at least at the time in which we wrote it, and if we edit it multiple times, and I think it's always good to actually look at your work and re-edit it, see if mm-hmm. you mean, and it's what I used to say to um, writers when I was training them is, do you still agree with yourself? Are you over that heartbreak? Are you over, not ever over that loss, but have you moved on in your uh, journey of loss? Have you learnt stuff you never knew? Have you met the person who you represented in hate and now you're like, oh God, no, I actually know Ian. Um, are you, have you found a new way to love yourself, which means that the thing you, you said about yourself before is just not true anymore? Have you found mm-hmm. something about yourself you didn't like and now you realise you want to change? You know, that journaling has become such a core part of uh, mental health practice given by uh, psychological practitioners, I think it says a lot about how we're starting to recognize the value of these things, to review Mm. yourself, review the world you exist in, and for the time in which we are here. And you can see that also there's a little bit of fatalism in me, but I I hope it's a very positive fatalism. Um, Mm -hmm. What a wonderful chance to let ourselves and other people know as much as we can um my parents have very much instilled in me and not in like a grand lecture it's just the way in which they behave and the same with a lot of my family knowledge is a gift and when people share their knowledge with you they are gifting you something um and i think it's just one way we can do that please share another poem i enjoy hearing you speak enjoy listening to you yes i really do I'm I'm enthralled by your work. I'm enthralled by you as a as a individual. I mean, really, this is this is fantastic. I I am deeply honoured, Michael, for that, and I it, it's such an honour to do this and be here. I okay. I tell you what, I'll do a bit of um a bit of a choice for you. Would you okay. prefer uh, something that's <laughs> literary and takes and shows that literary stuff is for everybody, or mm-hmm. would you like a romantic poem? It's a romantic poem, a romantic one. Okay, this this one's a, ooh, I shouldn't be going this direction kind of poem, um, and it's full of references to tarot, um, because I find it a deeply fascinating practice and all the different bits okay. of it. Um, so it's called Devil May Care. I swam in the whirlpool in your ocean blue irises, sinking to the bottom, the gentle seabed, your widening pupil felt the pulse shift as you try to forgive yourself for a mini admitted sigh your north my south we align perfectly for a single breath i can't set call his name his title won't leave my lips he taunts us on the 15th card he might know before we realize having to approach death and the crumbling tower who knows what will come after this I cast arcane geometry with the meeting of two wrists. Above my head is almost a sun salutation, all because we dance together, we blend together at the seams. Watched a perfect synchronization as we step in a tango, neither of us chose to lead. We cannot surrender salvation, yet something else pulls our strings. 
can't whisper his name. His salutation won't leave my lips. He taunts and taunts me 15 times. He knows before we ever realize, asking death if I can borrow a steed, waiting to crumble under the tower. Who cares what comes after this bitter sweetness? And end. Wow. Jen, to, to what extent is any poem a woman's or a man's? Oh, what a fabulous question. Intriguing. Uh, I I think I've almost been trained to believe, and I do almost wonder if this has come from my my artistic training. Uh, mm-hmm. As soon as it is uh, declared to a page, uh, it dies at the hands and it is already passed on from the author. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, and I'm now looking, thinking about, like, free-roaming adult woman very much feels like mine, but mm-hmm. there are several poems I would say even though they reflect my experience no longer belong to me as soon as the, they have hit it. Um, I might, I don't know if I'll be able to find it beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. Now I really want to read you a piece that's called um, uh, Death and the Author, which is literally about the fact of can I even own anything once I give it out to somebody else? Because mm-hmm. as soon as it's in somebody else's eyes or in their ears, it's their variation of what I've said. Um, I'm willing to surrender might go enough and especially with the training that I've had from my amazing forefathers uh, mm-hmm. that if it is no longer mine it doesn't mm-hmm. matter it doesn't matter um, I'm happy to be a conduit to what I am saying feel inside my soul if you will um, but it, yeah if one was to uh, oh, go, go for it go for it Michael please so poetry then does not have a sex I don't think so, and particularly because I have really great non-binary artist friends, I I don't think so. I don't Mm -hmm. think so. Um, I think it can take on characteristics, but particularly, um, and it's something that's another driver for this particular development of this collection, I Mm -hmm. have seen seen artists tell me what woman is when I don't agree. Oh, okay. You know, um, and once again, trying not to get too spicy, and I've I've been told things about myself in other people's own, so I'm like, that's not, if you have tried asking me, if that's how Mm -hmm. I experience the world. So no, no, I don't. I don't think it can be gendered. Um, and once again, it transforms. It transmits by every single person who takes it into their hand. My experience of uh, William Blake's the tiger, and your experience of William Blake's the tiger, and will be different. So it will immediately be informed by that person's own experiences. Um, mm-hmm. So no, I, I at least for me, at least for me, no, it has no gender. You know, when we read through the, the stanzas of uh, of Tiger Tiger, there was a power. I don't know, mm. just a strong sense of understanding or wanting to understand the world, a world larger than oneself. Um, that's what I took from it. Uh, Again, that was my my first reading, my first reading. So what does your work say, Genevieve, about being human? I think at this point, uh, at point of recording, which is one of my favorite jokes recently, at point of recording, because who knows Mm -hmm. what it will be like in a year, um, Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. is about the ability to take control and take your voice. 
I okay. think if they even the last five pieces I've written have been either um, and as a, in, I probably write once every two days at this particular mm-hmm. moment. Um, but just it just happens now. It's, I don't even have to think about it too much. Um, mm-hmm. I have to to intend to write a poem is a weird feeling now. Um, but um, they've been this is me. Hi. Um, or I realise this, or this is my new resolution to this, or thank you for this learning friend of a friend. Um, you know, oh, I realise now what you meant when you said this five years ago. That's that's like been the rhythm of the last five that have been penned down this mm-hmm. 2023. So it is the empowerment of utilising the kindness, compassion, support, investment, whatever you want to call it, the community around you. That's That really has become my voice. Um, and uh, how do I pay it back? Mm-hmm. How do you pay it back? Assisting, I don't like the word helping because that means you're pulling someone up. Assisting someone find their voice mm-hmm. is so important. It sounds like it's very important to you. How would you begin that process to assist an individual find their voice? That's what I want to know. And, and let me say this too. Yeah. The reason I'm quiet, I'm just totally amazed by your thinking. I want to, I really want to know as much as I can, and we don't have a lot of time for me to do it. So I'm just basking in what you're sharing because, mainly because there's an international difference. It's just refreshing. Thank you. I, Michael, you're going to make me cry. Don't do that with the audience for here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't cry. I'm glad we don't have this on camera. No, thank you so much. I, it, it's well, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know. You've said everything. <laughs> and that, I mean, you express I, yourself. I mean, it's just, what else can I ask? What else can I, I ask? ask? Jen will say everything. Now that's a fa- that's a joke. My family, if they aren't uh, at this particular point listening in, are killing themselves right now. I was like, yep, you know my daughter. Um, <laughs> talk too much. That would be right. Um, no, 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 no. No, it's just, <laughs> I'm just messing. Um, no, it's oh gosh. Um, I okay. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you into my my trade secrets. Um, okay. Yes, please. I, I've uh, yeah. I've what I meant very early in. Um, listen and literally i if i am to support someone if i am to help them to believe in their art mm-hmm. i and this is going to break so many people who dm me when i say mm-hmm. this um, <laughs> i actually almost ignore them when they first say to me i am a poet from this country i'm like great that's cool that's what the cereal box says met me meet you Oh wow! And vice versa, when someone says to me, and I used to, I've had this in my ambassadorial lessons, the things that are coming up with the teaching this year should be this as well. Equally, when someone says, I can't write, I don't think I'm any good, da, 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 I'm like, I don't believe you. But let's see. Um, I believe, and I truly I do think this comes from the drama, teach, uh, drama study, mm-hmm. let's put it on the laboratory table. Let's take it into the rehearsal room and let's find out what the truth is. So one of the first things I do is I go, okay, great, cool. 
well, share with me what you have, um, and I will sh legitimately share you a lesson I taught once to an incredible writer, and she really is, um, mm -hmm. who was uh, having a problem getting in her own way. She was so convinced that she wasn't, she wasn't, and I said to her, and I, 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 if I can put something on an epitaph, this would be what I will say to anybody who wants to write, collect the gems, build the crown later. Collect oh, wow. the gems with the crown I, I, I remember and this, this was a group of quite young people and I all heard them go mm -hmm. and I was like yeah I've got them because <laughs> it's true it's better to and I have to say it to myself sometimes because I, I am very good at putting things to the last minute it is better to have something you know what does King Lear say nothing comes from nothing so speak again exactly mm -hmm. that you know allow for it to be messy and so when encouraging someone I'm like be messy in front of me I don't care I'm here to support, and often as I dig through the gems, I go, wow, that's shiny. Goodness, I never thought of it that way. And mm -hmm. I, I have sometimes have to try and put on the professional face of being like in awe of the person I'm talking to going, I knew you were good. <laughs> you just don't want to, you don't, because whoever, and uh, one of my favorite questions recently to ask people is, who is this father, mother, non-binary parent, this spirit that tells you, who, who are you trying to meet? Are you speaking to William Blake? Are you speaking to Shakespeare? Are you, who has told you you are not good enough? Because I'm telling you now, they're not in the room with me, and I'm telling you, I can see you're good enough. Um, if I had let that happen, particularly the time when I felt most like I had to, you know, the four eulogies moment, most had to speak to suffering that was going on across the world, I yes. would not be, I wouldn't be talking to you right now for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mm -hmm. had to get over that fear. And as I said, when my demon of doubt appears, I write at him and go, I am going to outdance you, my friend. <laughs> Let's party. Um, and it's what I encourage people because you can always throw it away. You can always trash it. You can set fire to it. It doesn't matter. As soon as you have created it, you have given yourself the permission to at least try. Wow. And in whatever format that comes, and I change the, practically change the language to suit each person. And it's why my DMs are always blowing up, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I will always say that. And you can start, as we both talked about, we both started quite late, realistically. And I'm yes. a similar age. You know, I'm in my yes. 30s now. Yes. Um, there's, there's no magical bit going, oh, I'm sorry, you've missed the boat for poetry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you could be mm -hmm. 100 on the last day of your life and <laughs> be a writer that day. Um, I'm yet to meet a two-year-old poet, but I'm sure they exist. <laughs> I think most parents would say their two-year-old is a poet when they're trying to work out what they're saying. <laughs> oh, that's what you mean. I say that as having a two-year-old niece. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it, it, it said it's a fluid form always be I am I I think I do I think I wake up in gratefulness that I get mm. to do this and people are into it I, I and uh, I one of my favorite artists and he, he does something very different uh, he's a uh, show creator producer um, and he does uh, live plays of D&D um, &D and stuff like that so very different segment of life but he said it once he says he forever wakes up in what he calls bewildered gratefulness. He never mm. takes it for granted. Mm -hmm. He never expects it to survive forever. For every day, he's like, why did this work out? <laughs> <What's it> <laughs> and then he goes, and thus I have a job to do. And I remember he saying, hearing him say it on a podcast, and it stayed with me immediately. I was like, that's how I want to live, in bewildered gratefulness for every second I get to do this. What a joy. 
Well, we've reached my favorite part of the program. <laughs> this is what I view as being a mini M-I-N-I poetry concert where you take two or three of your works, mm-hmm. you, you, you share them back to back, no interruptions from me. Jen, you're on stage. Amazing. And I've got the big document with me, so I now get to have fun and go, what do I feel like doing? Yes. Okay, I'm ready to go. Yes. Um, do you still want me to, uh, by the way, do a little introduction to each? Um, Whatever you like. Whatever you like to do. Well, tiny, tiny little bit of introduction. So um, I get asked this all the time. Well, how do you do it? How do you do it? What's like it when you're writing? How do you do it so quickly? I have mm-hmm. a poem for that now, and it's called Trance. Six minutes. The full 360, 360 seconds to find the epicenter, some form of meaning. Six minutes. I feel my mind floating the wonders as words become pictures, pictures become feelings. Six minutes. Half-lidded eyes, headphones slightly tinny, darkening my room, keeping water with me. Six minutes. There. Found between beat one and beat 50, the guitarist sighs before the harmony. Pause. Tapping fingers, motion out synchronicity, recapturing a soloist's tears. Why does that remind me of home? Six minutes. Countdown now as the seconds drop away. The timer moving slowly, digital sands falling. Six minutes, five breaths slowly. Four shifts of the body, three presses of the volume. Two blinks, suddenly. One piece finished completely. Awaken, edit, done. And that was trance. And now I'm going to do the piece I said, just to have a bit of a different flavor, called Ophelia. As my old joke for this poem goes, it will go as fast as my mouth can do it. Um, this is a rap poem slash spoken word piece talking to giving Ophelia from Hamlet a much better ending of a story. Ophelia. Ophelia sits in the garden of corn. She's picking up weeds for her heart to adorn. She's given up distance. She's given up space. In the primrose of her tomorrow, she's losing the race. She's surrounded by pink flowers. She doesn't know their name. She wants to dip her feet in the river of her shame. But as much as she is lonely, as much as she is alone, she's singing to the insects. She's talking to the stones. The woods are growing over her, building roads from her soul. She's sinking into the ether into the grasses of her throne. She ignores the distant rumbling of society pointing blame for sitting in separation, floating in her fame, failing, wax smile continuity, and all paint blush, sidestepping out of reality, green feet under brush, stalking in the silence where the art harlots roam. Daisy chain fortress. This is her tomb. This is her home. And to the joy of Michael, I have been asked multiple times to do that slower so people can hear the words, which is exactly what I'm going to do now. So Ophelia, mm-hmm. version two, at a much slower speed. Ophelia sits in a garden of corn. She's picking up weeds for her heart to adorn. She's given up distance. She's given up space. In the primrose of her tomorrow, she's losing the race. She's surrounded by pink flowers. She doesn't know their name. She wants to dip her feet in the river of her shame. But as much as she is lonely, as much as she's alone, she's singing to the insects, she's talking to the stones, the woods are growing over her, building roots from her soul. She's singing to the ether, into the grasses of her throne. 
She ignores the distant rumbling of society pointing blame for sitting in separation, floating in her fame, failing wax small continuity and an all paint blush, sidestepping out of reality, green feet underbrush, stalking in the silence where the art harlots roam. She's building a daisy chain fortress. This is her tomb. This is her home. And complete. Do you think, given all you know and your lived experiences and coming into the whole poetry realm late, as we talked about, do you think you were meant to be right here, being a poet? At this point, at point of recording, yeah. I think Mm. this is a culmination of everything. My mad love for art, my obsession with understanding myself, and understanding other people, my want to encourage the art in everybody and the belief that they deserve a space. And mm-hmm. particularly um, as the book develops, the journey of this is my mental health journey, this is my experience of learning my neurodiversity and everything else, come with me and know you are safe and understood. It has become the most safe form, but equally at my darkest moment, it has protected me. And given me a chance to talk to people in a way that I just never could before. So if I, and I do, I question that, do, if I believe in destiny, then this was mm-hmm. destined. Um, if I don't, then I am thankful for the opportunity to have found it and keep me finding it every day. You know, you you answer my questions before I ask them, <laughs> so I don't know which direction to go in. It's not like being in a labyrinth. I don't know which which way to go. And one of my guests this past week used the word labyrinth. So if he's on, if he's listening, that's where I got it from. All right, so, because I wanted to ask you, what surprises you most about being a poet? I just the, it, it never runs away i think that i will feel the deepest loss like i broke up with somebody if it ever ran away from me i suddenly couldn't do it anymore <laughs> what did i do come back to me please <laughs> I'll, I'll clean the dishes i promise i'll, I'll do my i'll do my chores yeah no, no. <laughs> i can't even imagine that world where it just isn't there anymore um after being so integral but yeah like it just it, it's given me language um <laughs> I, I, I say about jokes, I said, like, I, I find that there's a lot of rhythm and I find that uh, there's humor in uh, cycles, as they say, like, a joke becomes funny three times over. Like, first time you hear it, like, ah, oh. second time it's okay, and then third time suddenly it's funny again. Uh, mm-hmm. I think about that whenever something reappears and it comes from the mouth of somebody else, I'm like, is that God speaking? Maybe. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, this person doesn't know this person. Um, so, uh, I, in my everyday, and anyone who knows me well will know this. I uh, consistently crash my sentences together. I had one wonderful friend once say, and he was a mentor in theatre, actually, don't worry, I speak very clear Genevieve. I was like, good. Uh, <laughs> it's almost my excuse to just talk like I actually do, where I'm like, this thought and this thought apparently connect. Um, <laughs> mm, um, uh, so if I was to move to a different format, I don't think I'll ever stop making art. I, I, I have literally used it to try and put myself to sleep as a child. I've used it to find identity, to find friends, to find a community that I felt connected to and also taken from people saying, you know, yes, you've got this, use this and do this and whatever. And as I said, paying it forward, I hope, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, if a new format is what is destined for me, I will embrace it. 
um, I think that this can catch me where at my darkest moments at my most beautiful moments it's a way to tell people I love them in multiple ways um, mm-hmm. and it's been used at weddings funerals and everything else bar mitzvahs yeah. etc <laughs> you know um, I I would be sad if it I never happened again but if it was to move on all of a sudden um, and suddenly Jen was no longer a poet and she was something else um, mm-hmm. I would accept it but for what it has given me and particularly the sheer amount of wonderful friends um, I hope it never does. Um, if I can ask such a thing of the universe, yeah. You, you know, I've been a bad host. I've been a bad, bad host. You want to know why? I, I, I mean, one, I don't feel like that's true at all. So part of me's like, really? Uh, I've, oh. I've, I've been fantastic. Please, please, please. I never gave you a break. I never know we're gonna take these little musical breaks. <laughs> I never gave you one. <laughs> I I think it's yes. as, as I said at the start, we rap. vibe. Yes. Oh, go for it, Michael, please. But look, <laughs> we've almost reached the end of our poetic journey, but I am going to give you a little break, and I want you to answer this question when we return, all right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's, what's next for you creatively? Where do you go from here? Ponder on that for mm-hmm. 45 seconds, and we'll be right back. Fantastic. We are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I am here with the Incredivies. I even blended your name. Incredivies. I like it. I like it. I like it. Incredivies. Genevieve Ray. Genevieve. Where do you go from here? What's next creatively, my friend? Um, I have. As in my list of blessings and gratefulness, I had so many wonderful artists want to work with me now and say, hey, I'm doing this. Do you want to be involved? Stuff that I feel like like contractually I can't say yet, but like yes. really, really exciting things. I think I am taking myself on the road. I am traveling. I, If I have a regret in life, I did not travel much in my 20s. I free myself um on to uh, studying as much as possible, trying to work, and also graduating initially into the global economy credit crunch that was 2008 was not easy. Um, I will now give myself the ability to travel, to take my work to people, to be out. Um, I hope a one-woman show at some point. Uh, That's not been planned. That's just Mm -hmm. a hope. Um, I have some really incredible people to learn from who want to collaborate. And as those come out, I'll be sharing them. Um, but it, it, to feel the investment of people seeing me for who I am, uh, it's time to embrace it and take it as far as it will go. Well, when you <laughs> plan your one-woman show, please let me know so I can fly over and be in attendance. <gasps> Absolute joy. 
especially because then I can take for a drink afterwards. <laughs> oh, right. I, I'm, I'm done, serious. done, I'm done. Serious. absolutely <laughs> done, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Poetry UK before we go. Your mini sure. fans, being administrator, tell me all about it. Uh, happen uh, if it's any sign of how Genevieve Ray operates, it is this. So I found Poetry UK very early on um, in the pandemic, um, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, this would be interesting. It could be a place for me to put my work. I know I've never tried to put my work in the online forum. Why not? And very quickly, I was aware that there was one singular administrator in a very large grouping, and I have been in that weight of everyone's asking you questions and you feel very stressed. And I reached out to him, I DM'd him and went, hey, mate, how are you? And it was mm-hmm. a lovely gentleman called Paul. Hey, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, how are you doing? I'm good. And he said, do you need a hand? And he went, really? I went, yeah. <laughs> You've got a brilliant forum here. It's open. I like your rules. Can I help? Can I be here for you? Because I have been there at midnight trying to solve a million problems. Yes. And it, it's wearing. And we got to know each other. Um, I always associated him with Green Hearts because it's usually how he signs things off. Mm-hmm. And I threw myself in and I took it as the opportunity. Can I write policy? Can I improve the legality of things? There are industry things that are specific to poetry uh, because it's all self-reflection, which means people aren't always respectful to each other because yeah, they, they're true. so from their own perspective. How can mm-hmm. I foster community? Can I use this as a learning thing? Hey, I'm stuck in. I'm not moving anywhere except for when I walk my dog. Um, let's use this to learn and I threw myself in uh, I would get DM'd with problems why is my poetry not here where da, 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 da. it is mm-hmm. one of the best forums where you can be anyone and it is it is I almost think of it as the grandmother now of poetry in the UK on Facebook the amount oh, wow. of groups that have flown from it anthologies mm-hmm. from people who wrote and collections who wrote and they're starting wonderful Charlene is one of the people I always think of who've gone on to here, who's gone on to here, who's gone on to here, who's gone on to here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's kind of granny and now you go and visit a Poetry UK every now and again and go, hi granny, thank you so much, can I have a mint please? <laughs> <laughs> because we've been here the longest. Um, but an awesome point of Paul's initial work and it's expanded the admin team. It is a joy to come in. I'm usually the hammer. Um, somebody's mm-hmm. not behaving or not being polite. They see Jen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, even how I met the uh, collaborator I'm working with to start doing the teaching is through that because he was advertising looking for new artists. Um, uh, big shout out to Montel and the attentive team. You are my family. Um, mm-hmm. It was literally like that. Um, it's about five things that are now my day-to-day solidified thing that Jen, the poet, is known for came for me giving my time to Poetry UK to support Paul, to support the team, to be a voice and say, hey, I'm mum, come to me if you need stuff. Yes, I'll sort that fight. Yes, I'll sort that policy. Right, I'll work that out. Um, even the first time I ever performed on Zoom came from an opportunity that was advertised there. So oh, wow. it has been the grounding. It, it is my local community centre. Um, and, yeah. How can people then stay in touch with you? Through the Facebook group or there are other ways as well? A million other ways. Uh, so I Facebook itself said to me, hey, yes. you advertise so much of your writing on your thing. Do you want to change your... A private page to a public one so I have a formal public page which is literally Genevieve Ray come on down um, it is slowly transforming into even to the point that I wrote a new policy statement on my own 
public page uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that people were respectful <laughs> to each other because um, at point of recording, I have 2.5K followers, which would blow oh, my wow. mind. Yeah, wow. I, I, I can't explain that one either. <laughs> I don't know. It's happening. Um, so that's one of the bases. Uh, Genevieve Fire Poet um, on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. That is where I do Instagram lives with the incredible Queen Emma, as she is well known, uh, Daniel of uh, Schultz, uh, so many wonderful people, and uh, I do a lot of performing through there. Um, people are also welcome to email me, uh, GenevieveFRay at gmail.com. Um, that's probably the best kind of ways. Um, I find my different life bits are meeting in the middle at this point. I probably need to start thinking about getting a publicist. (laughs) But yeah, those are the best places to meet me. You know, I want you to return. All right. I want you to return twice. One time is when you finish your book. All right. Mm -hmm. I want you to come back, share from your book. But I also want you to return with some of your friends. Bring your poet oh, friends joyfully. with you. Joyfully. I'm serious. Um, and let's do that one later in this year, whenever you want to do it. But I want you to come back and bring some people with you. Happily. Oh, I, I already the, the invite list. You're going to regret this one, Michael. Ah, it's going to be sizes. Yeah, I've got and, and some, and some well, of them you've met already. But yeah, I will work. Out I mean, you just invited me to a party. I'm, I'm, I'm really bring. a gang. Oh, yeah, no, one. I will. Not plus twenty-five. <laughs> no, I yeah, hundred percent. I happily do so. I All happily right. would do so. Thank you so much. Well, I just. I don't know what to say other than thank you so much for being you, being authentic you, you being thank authentic you. you. I'm, I am, I have been so, I think I said it right at the top, but I mean it. I have been so excited about this. The chance to talk to someone I already have getting on so well, just on a pure factor. I hope we keep on DMing, let me yes, know about everything yes. going on with the fam. Yes, same um, way. Um, I and yes, the invite for you to come over, please, 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 let's go and have a beer. Um, but it's just, it's been a joy to just go back through and have a great laugh with you. This mm-hmm. has been not just one of the best interviews I've ever had. This was just one of my best life experiences. Oh, to this point, mate. Um, I, I, and I, I didn't even give you hundred percent. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Welcome to the road show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes me happy. That makes me happy. Well, (laughs) I want to thank you, Genevieve Ray. She's incredible. She's, there's so many adjectives that I could use to describe you. All positive, of course. And uh, thanks again. It's been an absolute pleasure. As I said, this is less of a goodbye and see you soon, really. Um, And we'll we'll keep you on chatting. And I hope everyone has a fantastic evening, afternoon. Yes. Thank you so much. And here we go, everybody. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) As I share with the listening audience every time we're together, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Take care, Genevieve. Take care, Michael. All right, bye. (laughs) 
Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.